Hey, he's Jake, and I'm Matt. And welcome to Pat's Chat, the UK's best New England Patriots podcast. guys, how's it going? And welcome to another episode of Pat's Chat. I have a very, very special guest with me um, on this occasion for this episode. Um, I'm just going to read out his Instagram bio because it's probably the best introduction I can give the man. Um, on there, it says he's a plus-size model. He's a DJ, singer, actor, songwriter, producer, presenter, freedom fighter, spirit lifter, and also a film crit- critic. But you'll probably know him better as the front man of one of Britain's best rock bands of... Um, called Skindred. It is the wonderful Benji Webb. How's it going, Benji? I'm good, you know, brother. I'm very good. Thank you very much. Yeah. All's good. good. Well, uh, we had a bit of te- technical difficulties to start off with, but we got there and we're, uh, yeah, we're chatting so, away and I thought, well, so we could be chatting all night, so I might as well right, Yeah, call. yeah. Well, once I start, I can't stop. I told you that the other day. You know, I got, I got verbal diarrhea. You know? <laughs> well, that's good for a podcast. That's yeah, exactly. Listen, that's funny here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> But you've been keeping well generally over the last 11, 12 months, have you? Yeah, I mean it's been it's been it's been challenging because like um, when you're in a band, you travel a lot. That's all you're mm. used to doing. Then all of a sudden, like you know, you you're at home. <laughs> and you're like, what? You know, what, what happened there? Like you know, and it's not just me. Obviously, the whole world's been put on pause. You know, but when you're in rock and roll, because because we travel so much, that's when the problem is. Like you know, but it's been crazy. But I've used the time very constructive. You know, writing songs, you know, writing books and just doing like, you know, doing covers and stuff and just making sure that I'm keeping my mind active and my body active by exercise as well. So it's been it's been a challenge, challenging, but at the same time, as much as it's taken, it's given, you know. Mm. So you'll have about six albums worth ready to go then. Is yeah, what you're saying. You know, it's funny enough, I got about I got I actually got about four albums worth of music as we speak, you know, and that's from last match. So, yeah, 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 yeah this. Songwriting is not a problem. That's that's coming fact thick and fast. So have you managed to meet up with the guys at all at any point? No, to... I think I think since this thing has started, we haven't really bothered. I mean, we do this now and again, you know, mm-hmm. and speak about what we're writing because, you know, the the they'll write music together, then they'll send it to me, and, and when I say music together, they're writing, you know, one's in his house, the others in his house, but they all it's it's working well anyway. You know, we we are writing, and you know, things are moving forward nicely. Good. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to what comes. Um, but as we're only a couple of days removed from the Super Bowl, I'm assuming you stayed up to watch. I did stay up to watch it, even though I did fall asleep. Right. Uh, I think most and, of us done. <laughs> yeah, I did fall asleep. I normally fall asleep, but you know it's the time the time difference. But I woke up and I looked at uh, my phone and I said, right, let me have a look at one. And as much as I've been listening, I've been back in the Pats from I've been back. Sorry, I've been back in Brady, right, and the Bucks. From last year, because I actually thought it was going to be the the Pats and the Bucks in in the Super Bowl, and I would have put money on it. But obviously, as you know, Cam and the rest of the guys, they haven't had a great season. No, nope. you know, and um, you know, I feel personally that seeing Brady and Gronk in the in the Bucks in the Super Bowl was like watching the Pats. I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, yeah, I, I think I felt like we got there. You know, I just felt like we got there. I think there's. Um... A lot of people have been saying the same. I mean, personally, it's and my, my 
um, host, the co-host Jake, where no, I mean, I'm not, anyone can do their thing and I don't, like, that's that's the thing. I didn't understand, even in the last couple of weeks, the, the amount on Twitter and Instagram or whatever, on social media, the infighting between Patriots fans has been absolutely insane over, oh, if you're, ba- you know, you can't not support Brady and all this kind of thing. I mean, I didn't really care, to be honest, and Jake was the same right up until two weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the thing that switched it for us is because... Um, we are. We just cannot stand the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I, don't know, I don't know why. There's something about. I don't know whether it's the name or what, but I'm not a fan of the Chiefs, and I never have. My only. I've never even. I. You know, even when they wasn't playing great, I just. Mm. There's something. It's like people feel like hate. People got to hate towards Brady, right? They really yeah. have been crazy, and that's how. That's how I felt with. It's not that they've ever done anything to me. I just never had that affiliation with them. Didn't. Feel yeah. Like, I, I said that to the wife yesterday. We were sitting having lunch because uh, she's working from home just now. I've been on furlough for the last month or so since the, the new year. So we, it's good. We get to sit and get yeah. lunch together and things like that. And she was like, so, what? Oh, did Brady win then? Yeah, Brady won. I was like, it's good because I don't like the other team. Why do you don't? Why do you not like them? We're like, I, I, I just can't say. I just don't like them. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. she's not I sporty mean, at all. So she doesn't yeah, so like... But it's funny because it's like I got about four teams that I actually champion throughout the season and I want them to do well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I don't even know why. There's teams I do and there's teams I don't. But I, like you said, like your wife the other day, you can't tell her why. You just don't. You, don't <laughs> yeah. feel, you just don't feel that love for her. You know? And you no. know teams are working as hard as everybody. You know, that's the same with Manchester United and Liverpool. Everybody's on the game. Everybody's doing exactly what they should be doing, you know? But mm-hmm. some teams you just can't dig, man. You guys can't dig them. No, not at all. And I think I'm similar to yourself. I've uh, said this on the podcast before, because and mainly just because of friends of mine. I've got f- friends who are Steelers fans. I've got one of my, one of my other best mates, a 49ers fan. So, I mean, if, if the Patriots don't get there and when it comes up against their team, like we played the 49ers this year. Yeah. We yeah. sat like this on Skype for the whole um, three hours and, wow. you know, we ended up losing, unfortunately, and he was smiling at the end of it. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you know, won. you get that rivalry at game time, but then when it's done, it doesn't matter because Jimmy G's quarterback or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like last year, okay, they were playing the Chiefs and I wanted them to win regardless because it's against the Chiefs, but uh, I wanted them to win because he's my friend as well. And the same as my, my friend who's the Steelers fan, he um, he's like, oh, you know, fuck the Patriots and stuff and Brady's a dickhead and whatever. I'm like, yeah, but I'm I just I I flip it the other way. I'm like I don't really get like yeah you know the, yeah they're an AFC rival and if we play them I want them to lose but beyond yeah, that but, like I'd be happy for him. So oh you know I mean listen I mean for with sports and me I don't let I mean look at the end of the day me and you ain't getting paid you know no. they, they're getting paid so why the hell are we getting so upset, upset about that's the way I look at it. If you ain't losing money what are you moaning for? <laughs> oh, well, I lost money on Sunday because I, I put in a few bets and, and lost well, them thought, all. But... Well, you never thought the Chiefs were going to win, did you? I only no. I um, as I say, I wanted the Bucks to win. Um, a friend of mine that um, does a fancy football podcast. He's okay. a Bucks fan, so I wanted him to win, them to win for him. Wanted to win for Brady and Gronk as well, because mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, you know, they're kind of like they're family, our, isn't it? Our children in a way, yeah. So, but. My head, still my head was in that place of the Chiefs are going to win. So if they're going to win really? and I'm going to be a bit disappointed, I might as well win some money off it. So yeah. I chucked it. I should have covered both teams, but then it's a bit pointless. So, I, I yeah. think what's funny when, 
I was I, I wanted Gronk and, and Brady to win, but at the same time, I did expect the other team to win, you know, because they had such a good season compared to the Pats. But yeah. not, that, not that night, bro. Not that night. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was just thinking monitoring head-wise, and I even, because uh, I put on a few bets, one of them was for was um, Scotty Miller to go over like 16 and a half yards. Yeah. And I thought that was nailed on. He would just, at some point, he'd pop up third and... 25 or whatever and get 12 you know 20 yards yeah. runners a um, catch or something like that but no yeah. was, i don't even think he was featured in the I game at all i, bet, I did the catch. same bet for moss about a few years back mm. same bet that he was going to do something that, yeah he was going to score first no not a chance you know but you win some you lose some i guess yeah well that's it um it's what it is did you watch the the halftime show or is that yes i did i like slipknot <laughs> I actually, my mate sent me that on, Insta- on uh, yeah, WhatsApp yeah. this morning that I mean, Cody Taylor and tweeted out. It's funny because I, I didn't realise how many of the songs of that kid I would know. Mm. You know, because I'm, I'm like a, a rocker, a rock, I like rock music. Yeah, I'm the same. More, I don't, I... more than disco music, you know, whatever they call it. I don't even know what they call it anymore. <laughs> it's shit. But um, yeah, and um, most of the songs he was singing I recognised and I, I watched about, I think it was like 15, 10 minutes of it and I said, that's enough for me. That's enough. You know. Yeah, my my mate likes them, and uh, there's only one guy. It's the weekend. Yeah, you know? I, I, <laughs> you know I mean, it's like Prince. You know, there's only I know. One... I, do, I didn't. I didn't even hear about him until a couple of years well, I ago. Think what I, think you, I think you, what what I recognised more than anything was like real, really horrible radio that I wouldn't listen to, to reaching over to turn it off. And I go, yeah, yeah. I recognise that song, and the reason why I'm reaching to turn it off is because I don't like it. I was going to turn it off, and I, I can't feel my face when I'm with you and all that stuff. And you know, and I was like, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I respect the guy for doing what he's doing, but um, it's definitely not the kind of stuff that I, I you know, I would have preferred to see a rock and roll, a, a Aerosmith, or you know, that kind of thing. That would have pleased me. Yeah, no, definitely. I think I'm definitely uh, cheesy rock and roll, I guess. The the Foo Fighters come up every year of you know who do you want to see as the halftime show? Oh, they yeah, but they were a great show. I mean, they got the new album out as well, so yeah. Yeah, so they were a bit of a, a shock that they maybe weren't picked, but it seems to have been the way the NFL's gone for the last what's that, yeah. six, yeah, seven years. Yeah, it's been more dance so. orientated, haven't it? It's been much more. Mm. More. I mean, more. between Bruno Mars and Justin and yeah, Lady Gaga and whatever, yeah. it's all, that seems to. Well, the, I, I think last away year was incredible. That. With um, I can't remember the two, the two ladies, but that was pretty cool. J Lo and Shakira was last that was year. Something else. That was. I I watched that from beginning to end. That was great. Yeah. You know, I think that, I think we all did for various reasons. Yeah, for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, man. So, um, what do you think next season's gonna happen now? Because Brady got that now. I mean, like everybody's like, no matter whether you love him or you hate him, he's got it. Seven, seven fingers. Yeah, you know, seven fingers, and he looks great in them. You know what I mean? Seven rings and ten games—that's pretty impressive, bro. I know it's it's just unfortunate. We mentioned just before we started recording about um, that 16 no season that was almost the perfect season, and then we we felt the last hurdle to wow. Eli Manning of all quarterbacks. I know, bro. <laughs> yeah, good names though. Good names. The Manning, yeah, I mean, the Manning brothers done well for the NFL, man. I like them big games like Mahoney versus them. You know Brady. The, you know that. The, you know Jim Brown. They're big, big names, you know what I mean? Big names. Mm. I like that, you know, because it, it, it's, it's like Tyson versus Joshua. You know, so it's, it wants, you want to sit down and watch stuff like, you know. Yeah, definitely. I think it was uh, that one. It was, it was the first game of the season, I think, wasn't it? The, the, the Brady and Breeze um, first 
game of the division was and that that was rightly so it was picked out as the game of the weekend because yeah. that's what you want to see you want you want to see the the two best or two of the best quarterbacks the going at it this season they are playing this coming season yeah at, play last at season, no they're playing this season at gillette um this season coming so it's the it's the homecoming for brady that's going to happen whenever the fixtures are released yeah that's fun that's going to be fun <laughs> Uh, but I hear that the NFL, you know the game they play in London every year? Yes. I hear that it could be the Pats and the Bucks. It's not going to happen, is it? Is that a lie? Do you, I have do you hear about that? not a clue, Benji. I'm not sure at all on that one. Because I always say I want to go, and the one year when, um, what do you call it, um, um, Death Leopard played in London. Mm-hmm. Okay, so listen now. I'm thinking, well, I wish I was at that game, you know. So next thing, Def Lubs come on stage. And who stood there? My manager. <laughs> and people oh, were like, what are you doing there? You know, it was my agent, actually. And he's like, I couldn't believe it. I could have went. And I didn't. I blew it. But no I, bet you, uh, I bet you he wasn't Mr. Popular with you, was he? Oh, he was. No, definitely not. Yeah, yeah. But I'd <laughs> like to see a game. My, my brother used to play years ago. And uh, I'm talking 30 years ago. And I just didn't understand what was happening at all. Mm-hmm. At that stage, you know, I used to watch America and think, what is this? What are they doing? I used to go watch my brother. I mean, when you watch a game on the TV, it's different because it's sort of... But when you watch a game you've never seen before at the mm. side of the field, that's a whole new ball game. You know, it's like you don't understand what the hell's happening. You just yeah. clapping hands and walking into huddles all the time. like. <laughs> and then you get one team go on and the other team comes off and it's the same team. What? You know, so... It is a hard game. I got into a, I got into American football through a girlfriend of mine in Florida. She was crazy. Pat's crazy about 20, 10 years ago. And uh, I was going to bars on a Sunday, and you'd have to book a seat to, to watch the Pats in a bar, never mind going to the stadium, you know? Okay. And I just started going in week after week, and I just started watching the games and just fell in love, man. Just fell in love with the game. I think it's, um, it's especially over here, um, anyone that's of, you know, over a certain age, it's you've came into it as an as an adult, really, haven't we? Yeah. And it's something we've just had to to learn on the fly almost, and it's a, yeah. I think that's why it puts a lot of people off that you know that it's not like like soccer or rugby no. or well, something I, that well, it takes five know. seconds to realise that you know they're trying to score in that goal or whatever. It's a lot yeah. of complications to it. Isn't yeah, there? yeah. But I mean, I watch it now and it just flows to me so easy. Mm. I know what's happening and stuff like that. But I know I do feel sorry for my girlfriend. She sits there going, "What the hell." <laughs> and I even I got Madden. I play Madden as well. I play Madden. Even tried to show it on Madden because you can take your time and do it. But some people are not going to get it. It's like teaching, trying to teach me offside in football. It's not going to happen in soccer. No, no I, I don't know what you're talking about. I just know you can't kick the ball and run in front of the ball or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. Offside in uh, offside in ice hockey is an interesting one to to try and tell someone how how that goes. Yeah, that's a that's the the blue line on the ice that you can't be over that to then get a pass from your player. I like the fact that in American football you can run backwards and throw the ball. I think that's great. As long as you don't get sacked. But I've, but I've seen some bombs where they run back and I'm going, where are you going? You run ten yards back. And they throw a bomb and you're like, wow, that's cool. Mahomes was doing a lot of that. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he, he was doing a lot right. of that on Sunday. Was scrambling around. So, if it was uh, um, the was it your ex that got you into the Patriots yeah. then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she was from she was from Boston. Okay. So you know, so the Celtics, all that stuff. She was crazy for it, you know. Yeah. And Boston, and, people are, Boston fans are fans, you know, real yeah. 
And I was going to say, Mahoney kept doing that thing with his hand when he was running. He kept mm. doing things. So he trying to get the trying to get the first money all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I did wonder because uh, if it was because when you'd been touring at some point and the you know just Boston was a cool city to be in and or whatever it might no, have been. I, I, I was actually living in Florida. I was living in Florida at the time. Okay. We used to go to the, a few bars where it was a lot of because um, I didn't understand the game. I didn't understand the game whatsoever. Like I said, and we was going to a few bars, and on a Sunday you'd have to book to sit at the table in the bar to watch a few games. You know, whether it be Wild Wings or something like that. But and I just was bored and I thought, well, you know what, I'm going to just listen to what they're saying and the next thing you know, I got the t-shirt, you know? Yeah. I bet it is one of them that, like I just said a minute ago, if you give it time, then I, I can't, I'm certain, do my best mates, just can't get into it and I'm like, I swear to you, as soon as all this lockdown's finished, we, you can sit next to me in the couch and ask me as many questions yeah, as you yeah, want. Yeah. I guarantee you by the end of an e- a Sunday evening, you'll at least have a good, like, interest to be want yeah, to be more the, involved kind a, lot of of thing. Friends, a lot of my friends wasn't into the game until i came back from the states and when i came back from the states there was a bar in my hometown where people used to go and watch on a sunday and i'd take a couple of friends with me and, and they got it they got into the game themselves you know what i mean so you know it ain't like like basketball no right not at all right no not even a little bit um with baseball no not at all but american football i just get it i get it and yeah. I don't like rugby. Being a Welshman, I don't even. I'm not interested in rugby. It's crazy. Mm. I, I'm not a big uh, rugby fan at all, it's and uh, I didn't even watch the game at the weekend on Saturday between Scotland and England. I had just no interest in it whatsoever. <laughs> but, no me, bro. No me. There you go. That's, uh, two That's two crap counts right there, isn't it? Huh? Well, there you go. So this whole rugby with pads thing. That's what I think. That's why it winds me up because I'm just not a rugby fan at all. But I'm yeah. huge in NFL. So mm, yeah, was, that's what they say. The, the guys with the pads on. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so have you got a little community of NFL fans around about you, or yeah, do you end up just watching it on your own a yeah. lot of time? Or? Well, I'm watching now on my own. Yeah. Far on a Sunday. I mean, last season um, I was watching games early in the season. You know, we were going to a bar in Newport in South Wales and watching it. And um, that was good fun, you know, because everybody got their own different jerseys on and there's like six different games playing and it was good. We were good fun, you know. Mm. Have you got any friendly rivalries in the uh, music community with anyone that you've toured with in previous no, years? or anything? It's funny, when I was in the States, it's only when I really came back that I that I actually started to get into it. And some of the some of, some of the guys in different bands, they don't really, they don't really bother with it, you know what I mean? I, I think the guys from um, a band called Soil, you know, I'm just... Oh, yeah. Disturbed as well. They're big Patriot fans. All um, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I remember putting stuff on the on my Facebook and uh, one of the boys from Disturbed liking it or you know, see this because one year someone said they, one year uh, I think someone said that um, Brady wasn't playing and I believed them and it was a joke. I just look like <laughs> I look like an asshole. Like, you know. I think the only ones that I'm aware of, um, or somebody told me that. Um, I, I always forget. I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. Andy Beersack, is it, from... Uh, oh, I can't remember the name of his band now. That's going to annoy me. It was on tip of my tongue and then I've forgotten. Um, oh, I minute. Blackville Brides. Andy from okay. Blackville Brides. Well, he's I, he's I a big Bengals that, fan, I think. Is he really? Bengal Tigers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, uh, I know for I know that the guys in Every Time I Die, they're all big Buffalo fans, being from okay. Buffalo themselves. I yeah, know yeah, that. It's only Buffalo in Buffalo, in there. Yeah, 
Yeah. So the only thing to do there is like sport. What's the cheese people called? No, what are they called? No, Green Bay Packers. They're the same as well. They're they're pretty crazy. I've been there on a match day. I was playing in a club in in on a Saturday, and I went there on a match day, and they're all walking around with the cheese on their heads and everything. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty ah, cool. Insane. Yeah, yeah, they're they're big fans too. They love their hometown. Because it was um, there was a weird one. Like I've I've followed your career. Um, on and off for years and mm. you know because I've been into rock music since I was about 15-ish um, yeah. about 20 just over 20 years ago and um, the guy um, the guys from the the blackout Sean spe- specifically he's got his yeah. own podcast and so I'm in their Facebook group because I was a, okay. a patron of theirs for a while and so oh. I asked in there because all the guys in there generally if you're Sean and the Blackout fan, you're going to be a yeah. rock fan. General says, "Oh, does anyone know anyone?" And it was one of the guys popped up and was like, um, "Benji's a huge Patriots fan." And I was like, "Ah, I know yeah. what I'll do." Then. Yeah, reach out to him. Yeah, yeah, man, definitely. I've been, will be, always will be. That's it. I'm sold down the river. That's it, bro. I just look forward to the next season. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I watch. I've been watching Cam and doing because he's been Cam, Cam knew what's it called. He's been doing some stuff with kids and stuff. Well, he ain't got much more to do, but, you know, we've been mm. doing some um, training with children and stuff like that, which is cool, like, you know. But um, I'm just hoping that they get a better season next season. Oh, fingers crossed. So, yeah. But if you if you don't mind, we'll go back a little bit to earlier in your career, if that's okay. Yeah, go on. And um, back in the day when you would have been kicking around in Dubbor and that, Newport was dubbed as the new Seattle and during the mid-90s. So what, how was it being in the midst of that at the time? I'm guessing well, it was quite cool, like a bit of a Manchester type thing as well. Well, I think I think um, we didn't realise until it was over. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, do you know when they say you don't know where, where you don't know where you are, you got till it's gone, kind of thing. Yeah, and that was this. That was the situation because it seemed to happen like within a month. Like all these bands were getting signed, and then you know we we ended up going to dinner with with a couple of magazines from New York, and they were dubbing it the New Seattle. But I think it happened so quick that we looked around and it had gone. And then we were reading in the paper, like, Newport was the new Seattle. It just happened so quickly. Mm. You know, there was bands like the 60 Foot Dolls and, and Novocaine that were getting signed, you know what I mean? And it was, and it was good for a minute, you know. And we we toured with some of the, some great bands. We went out with Pop Elite itself. We went out with um, um, the Manic Street Preachers when Richie was in the band. So it was pretty, it was, it was a pretty cool time, man. It really was. Yeah, I can imagine. It would be, like, completely different um, from... Today, you know, it was oh, back yeah. when you were actually selling records and CDs yeah. and cassettes and sure. that, and now it's all Spotify yeah. plays or whatever. Like, how has that changed for you over the over the time that you've been in the music oh, industry? I mean, selling a record is much more difficult than pressing download. You know, um, <laughs> I think that if you actually sell records today, especially with the option of people being able to press a button and download, I think you you must be amazing. Because, you know, I mean, the fact that vinyl, people have been buying vinyl more and more. You can go to Tesco's and buy vinyl now, which is absolutely fantastic. You know what I mean? And I just think that when you when you hold a record in your hand and you look at the artwork, it's something special compared to, like, pressing play on Spotify. You know? Oh, definitely, yeah. You know, I mean, some of, some of the records I bought as a kid growing up, I still got them, still, you know, still just behind me and, you know. And I still, you know, 30 or 40 years later, I'm still looking at the artwork. I don't think anyone will be able to be, no one will be doing that on Spotify in 30 years' time. 
No, it just doesn't translate in a little, you know, a little thumbnail that size, does it? Yeah, that's right, yeah, and you can blow it up as much as you want, you know what I mean? But buying the record and having to turn the record over as well, which is something I thought was fantastic. And, you, you know, when some, some when, to this day, when some songs finish, I know what was on the other side, because that, mm. that was the end of the B, the A side, so you had to turn it over. And I think yeah. that's, that's I, thought, I think that was so special. You know, yeah, not, it's, not even CDs do that. You know, I mean, you listen to a you listen to an album from the, turning it over. I think is where the special where, where the magic happened in that moment. Like you know, mm-hmm. when you've heard four or five tracks and then you got to turn it over. I think that that was a pretty cool time. And I'm glad to say that I remember that and I was part of that. You know. Yeah, I think my um, I mean, I'm just 36 last month, and I think my generation of maybe if you were what 32 33 possibly is the cutoff age and um of actually remembering cassettes and then yeah. cds and you know but it's all any kids now it's just all yeah. it's just as we're speaking about you just jump on a computer and you yeah. you ask your mum for 10 quid a month to get a spotify <laughs> um, yeah. premium oh, account yeah. or whatever yeah. it is well, or ask your smart speaker or I remember, like you know when you heard of a band you'd have to go to a record store or a record shack and you never hear that you only hear the one song or you or and you'd won the album and yes. you get the album you'd order the album and you'd have to come back in three weeks time for the album you know but when the album came you only knew the one song <laughs> you know and you take it home and you'd be playing and going and then you'd fall in love with the artwork and you fall in love with it's like i watched the specials the other day on on the whistle test oh yeah yeah and i was like I remember buying this record. I remember having the tenor for the first time in my life and going into the song and buying this album because I've seen him on, on the whistle test a few weeks before, you know, and that, that, it's such a shame because you'll never be like that again. Never. No, I was, I was lucky enough to uh, watch one. Tina Park, 2009. I was working as a stage crew and on the main stage and I was lucky enough to see the specials from the side of the stage. I think that was when they just, uh, first Came reunion up, yeah. tour yeah, yeah that, i think that what what you do say was 2009 i think we were touring and we played with them in uh in holland and i was a massive fan and i got to stand side of stage with them as well and that was pretty cool yeah because yeah, you know they were all in their suits and it was the original lineup before the, anybody passed away or anything and yeah it was very special no yeah. it was cool it was uh, okay, as a uh, as I say, I think depending on your age, then a, ba- a band like that would probably get lost on you. But we were, it was cool because we were um, carting the drums on stage and all that kind of thing, getting yeah, them off yeah. between bands and stuff. And the only ones, I think James, was it James, was about one of the only ones that were like, no, no, you know, everyone off stage kind of thing. I was like, oh, James, you know, four, the band, you mean? Yeah, yeah, four yeah, o'clock we, in the afternoon. And it was like, get off the stage. I was like, what? <laughs> We played with Perfect Circle once, and it was funny because we played this massive festival, and it was loads of different bands, you know, loads of loads of bands like Corn, Deftones, blah blah blah. And Perfect Circle went on, and I and I spent the whole day side of stage. I'm at the mixing desk watching these bands, you know. I'm this is great. I'm watching these bands, and then Maynard and Perfect Circle came on, and nobody was allowed on the stage, and no one was allowed in the mixing desk, and I was like, oh come on, man. No, I'm no, I'm glad I don't like you. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. One, one time I, I, I was on um, I was on a festival in in Belgium, and Rage Against the Machine were playing, and they never just let the back people on stage. They actually had a monitor mix on stage for the audience for the for the crowd for all the guests on stage, and that was pretty fucking incredible. 
No way. That's yeah, I mean, like the mix was. Well, you know, if you've got a boombox and you play "Killing in the Name of" through the boombox in front of you, that's what that's what the mix was like. But Rage was on stage doing their thing in front of us, and I remember I got so drunk because I was with fucking, <laughs> I was with the guys from uh, Bullet for My Valentine. We were drinking inside the stage watching Rage through this amazing monitor mix. Incredible. That's yeah. mental. Because uh, that and way, it's funny. It's like. Uh, all these bands have different backdrops and they have lights and they have this and they have that. And you know, all Rage had was one big backdrop with a star on behind them. And that, was it. that was it. No lights, no nothing, just that and the mix and the music. And I think the, the lights either went off or on. There was no colors, no nothing. Fucking <laughs> it just showed everybody how to do it properly. Though. I mean, it is just, I think a lot of it now because. Um, can be put into like stage shows and stuff, can't it? Because well, I remember, oh, it was maybe eight years ago now-ish, I think it was. Um, yeah. my, myself and well, she was my away going to be fiance at the time because mm-hmm. that was we were going down to London. I had this whole idea in my head about proposing everything. Oh, we yeah. went to see Pink at the at the O2, I love and it. she was. I think I was only about thirty quid a ticket, and then this last year which was you know 2020 she was going to be playing the stadium tour at hamden and places like that yeah. it was something the cheapest ticket was like 85 quid i was like hold on yeah. a second how yeah. did it just jump 60 quid in like uh, five years that's the price of a ticket tickets just jumped i think you know what i just said this the other day it's only going to be the rich little rock in the future because mm. <laughs> the tickets are going to go so sky high that people and only people with money will be able to watch the shows which is because yeah. You know, um, rock and roll is supposed to be for the people, like, you know, but these tickets just jump so high that people just, they jump so high you can't catch them no more. Just no, I was think, um, it was that just over a year ago, um, it was the last concert I got to before all this kind of nonsense happened was uh, me and two of my mates went down in Glasgow to see Slipknot. And over the years, I've seen them quite a few times over the years and probably the most I've paid for a ticket is like, maybe 30, 25, 30 quid. And this time, I think we were about 60 quid each. And I was like, is it the production that's costing too much? Or yeah, is it the venue you know, charging too I much? Like, what the hell's going on? Slipknot's production is pretty fucking huge, you know, with the rolling riser and the flipping mm. riser and all the different... I think some bands, you know, they they lose... Like I said, when I went to see Rage, Rage had a backdrop, bro. And, and, and lights that went off and on, that was it. There was nothing trying to make them look cool. Because they, the music spoke more more than any lights could, you know? And that's that's mm. what, what's happening. A lot of these bands are trying to keep up. I mean, my son went to see Drake recently. And Drake was on stage on his own. And he had a computer. Someone must have been doing some sort of some green screen stuff. But... <laughs> They, they had a basketball court, they had everything, and it was just, they, you knew there was a guy with a laptop and he was just dancing on a green screen and everything that was happening was a green screen, and that was live. That's bizarre. Yeah, and um, I think he, he, uh, it was like a, like, a, like, like a laser, and the laser was drawing everything on stage while he was singing. Okay. And, this, and this, ra- this, this laser drew a basketball court. Next thing you know, a ball, a basketball f- fell on the stage. And Drake was saying, "Look, I got this basketball, and we're on this hoops. We're on this. We're on this court now." I remember there's eighty thousand people watching him, and he's on this basketball court. He calls someone from the crowd and says, "If you can hit this basketball from the halfway line, I'm going to give you a thousand dollars." He called someone from the crowd. Now, you can imagine what the crowd's going now. They got this basket, and the basketball didn't look like 
it looked like a basketball court. And this kid oh. had, to, had to throw the ball. Obviously, he missed. You know, obviously. Yeah. You know, because he didn't want to give him a thousand dollars away. He'd have to be some badass guy to fucking to make it hit. But yeah, concerts. I think um, they, they, there's a lot of people miming. <laughs> Just a lot of people miming, and you think they're singing. There's a lot of there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. I think these days in rock and roll. This is mm. a shame. This is a goddamn shame. I mean, yeah. I'm glad we play in the day at festivals. You know, we play a lot of time in the day. And when we when you when you play in the light of the day, you got nothing to hide. Drive a good or your bad. You know. Because mm. <laughs> there's no yeah. hiding behind, there's no hiding behind the smoke and mirrors because you're in the daytime. Yeah, that, I remember uh, that was maybe going back ten, f- probably about fifteen years ago, almost. I think my, I was me, my brother, and his wife went to Dublin to see Oasis, and uh, the Prodigy were one of the support acts. And Oasis and the Prodigy—that sounds like a good combination. Yeah, it was. Kasabian before they were big there was Prodigy some Irish band that won like Pop yeah. Idol or something and there was yeah. Oasis and uh, um, Prodigy was on at that weird time like it was like 7 o'clock or something so because it was in the summer it yeah. wasn't the dark light. enough and yeah. they had all this light show and everything I was like well this is a bit wasted isn't it well listen man the worst thing you can see is Marilyn Manson in the daytime oh no <laughs> there's a lot of bands that play in the day and they just can't bring it because they're a nighttime band you know, try watching a death metal band in the daytime. It just, just don't seem to work. No, I can imagine. You'd have to be in a tent at least. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, for sure. To, to get it. And so, with, you were speaking about festivals and stuff. I was I was wanting to ask you about the time that you stepped on stage and, and performed with Korn. How did that come about? That... Well, I was backstage. I got, we were playing the day, we were, yeah, we were playing in the evening, fortunately. And I was backstage talking to my friend Robert, who plays Metallica. And Fieldy, who I've seen a few, over the last few years, came up to Robert and said, man, Jonathan's sick, man. We don't want to pull the show. We need some cats to sing for us. And Robert said, dude, this is the man right here. And he's pointing at me and going, what the fuck? Don't point at me. <laughs> and Fieldy goes, oh, yeah, he's Benji. What's up, Benji? I said, I'm cool, blah, blah, blah. He said, do you know any corn songs? And I said, well, um, I know Adidas a little bit. And he said, would you be up for coming and singing? He said, oh, we got um, Corey Taylor from Slipknot. We got the guy from fucking Event Sevenfold, three other bands. Um, you know, he said, we're all going to meet at um, quarter to three by our dressing room and get in the coach bus and drive down to the stage. If you want to sing the song, you know, learn the song and come on down. And um, yeah, I turned up at the bus stop. It was like a dream, bro. It was like, it was like being... I like expected my mother to come and wake me up and say, school, come on, get up for school. It was that kind of thing, you know, because I stood there now with Robert, uh, Corey Taylor, the guy from Ven Sevenfold, and I'm the only British guy there. I'm like, wow, this is fucking pretty, pretty rad. Got in the van, and, and uh, it's funny because when we're in the van driving down to the stage, Corey Taylor's giving us all a pep talk about unity and being together, and <laughs> we're doing this for the good of Jonathan. And I'm just sat there going, fucking hell, this is so surreal, man, you know. <laughs> I got there, and... Um, the first up was some guy from some other, I can't remember, Next 10 Years. It was a band called Next 10 Years. He went on first. And then the guy from Van Sevenfold. And then Desi from um, Cold Chamber. And then I went on and sang Adidas. And um, it was pretty, pretty surreal. That's yeah. mental. Yeah, it was because, I, like I said, I've got, I'm a big Slipknot fan. I'm a big, I'm a big Korn fan. You know, I'm, I guess I'm just an old school fucking new metal, you know, but... Yeah, it's two of my favourite bands, personally, yeah. as well. So I'm saying, I did, you know, and I've had their records for years, and here I am, sat on a coach, driving to a main stage to, to perform with these bands. Yeah, that was pretty cool. 
I think that was that was one of my most raddest rock and roll experiences. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even begin to imagine. You're just Corey Taylor giving you this like chat, and you're like, yeah, man, you know, it was just. Yeah, and uh, it's funny because ever since that day, every time I see them guys, no matter where I am in the world, they always got time and love for me now. So it's 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 nice that I stepped up and I delivered as well. So they tell me I delivered mm. actually. Of, of some of the performers that performed that day, I, you know, I did my job as seeing being the front man for Colin for four minutes. Yeah, I mean, put it on the CV. Why not? It's a, it's an yeah, accomplishment yeah, uh, nonetless. And I remember seeing it. I think it was a, it was maybe on Scuzz, was it possibly? And I remember reading about it in Kerrang, being like, oh no way, that's so cool that, um, you know, because the people at that festival were never going to see something like that again, really. No, uh, they call it. I think they call it. Karaoke, not not karaoke. It was karaoke. Karaoke. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. That was the headlines because Jonathan wasn't there. I don't know what what happened to Jonathan, but thank God he's still alive. You know. Yeah, I say it was. I think it was three years ago or four years ago. It came up in my Facebook timeline the other day because that was January time. It was his birthday. He was in. Um, again, I saw him in Glasgow and. Okay. Um, the, I think they were supporting Slipknot actually at the time. It was one of those that yeah, yeah. tours that you go. This only happens in America. We are getting yeah. this tour over here. Amazing, I'm there. Yeah, um, I went to see. Uh, yeah, I went to see um, Corn and um, Corn and Limp Bizkit in Cardiff. I was. I think that was one. Uh, Slipknot was the last show I went to, but before that, it was Corn and Limp Bizkit together. Ah, oh, nice. I've not seen Limp Bizkit in years. That was. Uh, we um, played about seven festivals with them last summer. It was absolutely fucking amazing because I loved I loved Limp Bizkit. You know? Well, I know I noticed. I was saying that to, to my wife uh, maybe a month or so before Christmas, possibly. I think. I was, ah, do you fancy Poland next year? And she was like, Poland? What are you on about? Yeah, um, that's, yeah they're playing in Poland, didn't they? They're playing. Yeah, they're just doing European festivals like Poland and Hungary and places. And uh, in Aberdeen, where I am, there's a direct flight that goes to Gdansk, where the festival's going to be. I was like, that would be a mint you just yeah. fly in go to the festival for a weekend and fly home again I'm from the back, same yeah. place I'm that never back. happened staying here yeah that's right you're gonna, you're gonna strike your willy irons off brother serious and if you uh if you speak to sean from the blackout and anytime on the podcast what? he always mentions like oh me and fred and the, my, my best <laughs> it's funny I, 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 last time i seen sean was actually download festival he was backstage with a podcast i got extremely drunk and I um, did, did a podcast with him, which I don't sort of regret, but I can't sort of remember either. <laughs> I guess we're playing in the daytime. It's uh, a perk of the job, isn't it? You're you know, done, yeah, you're dusted, yeah, you can go and yeah, get a beer. That's right. You're right, because there's been plenty of festivals I've turned up and we haven't been playing till at night and you, don't, you can't do anything. But most of the time when I go to festivals at two in the afternoon, I'm definitely drunk by far. You know, so <laughs> that's what happened. And then Me I too, but I'm not playing. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, I, well, I don't drink till after I play. I'm, I, I, yeah. I'm a constant professional, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and with all the festivals and cities and venues and everything you've been to, because we're, we're speaking about Corey and Slipknot, and I always wonder, because he always comes to, whenever he's in Glasgow, he's always like, this is one of the best fucking cities I've ever been to. I love it in Glasgow. I love this venue. I'm like, is this actually real, or are you just like saying I, this every I, night of the week? <laughs> No, I mean, what? Glasgow is a good city to play, you know. I mean, I've had some great nights in Glasgow, even before, like, not even going to the after party at the Cat House or something. I'm talking about playing on stage, going there, just having the best time. Like, you know, I think it's a very, um, the, the city of Glasgow for me is like Manchester, which is a very vibrant city, mm. you know. 
I've had some good times in Edinburgh too, but I've had more better times in Glasgow. Yeah. You know, I've had good times in London, but I've had better times in Manchester. You know, so, you know, I mean, one of the, you won't believe this, but one of the best times I've had in my life on stage and off stage was in Fargo in South Dakota, you know, where they made the movie, you know? That's, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, to, for me to tell you that, uh, I couldn't believe it, but I played there twice and it was twice better than anyone else. Like. And so I think when you actually believe it, you actually say it. It's not written on the auto prompt, you know. Sometimes. Yeah, I always want it to be to be true, but I'm just never sure. And for apart from, I've, I've I've been on stage and I told them that this is the worst fucking place I've ever played in my life. You know what I mean? And, and I've still got an applaud. So you know, what do you, what do you do? Like you telling them the truth or you telling them a lie? You know? <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been on stage a few times and said, you know what? You guys are fucking terrible compared to last night. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, this boy's taking a piss. We'll cheat anyway. I <laughs> don't mean it. He don't mean it. Shucks. He fucking does. You so know? where where are some of the best places that you've played Japan's in, in terms of like Japan. all over the world? Japan, I mean, yeah. I mean, do you know people say who's the best audience? I mean, when you come to to, to a Skindred show, I think Skindred bring a crowd in which is quite diverse and people who want to have a good time, they see me and, my, me and the boys having a good time and they just want to be part of that party. And what I find, whether it be Germany or, or, or South Dakota, if you come to see Skindred, you're coming for the party. So you're bringing your A-game for a start. Mm. You know, that's what I've found over the years of playing, that anyone who stands in front of Skindred, I mean, we've won a lot of people over uh, just by sheer power on stage. I mean, when I say power, I mean just not caring about whether there's a guy leaning on the barrier waiting for the band to finish. You know, <laughs> still giving it we got all we got, you know, I mean, and that's what we've always done. I mean, we don't play music for the crowd that's there. I mean, when I always say to people, you know, I thank you for coming down that because without you guys, we'd just be four guys in re we'd just be four guys in rehearsal like assholes. You know what I mean? But yeah. You guys are here. You've made it you've made it special. I say that most nights because I mean it. Mm. You know, the way I look at it, without you guys, we're just four guys in rehearsal. Yeah. and you, the, you know, you've paid the ticket, but you've brought the magic as well. Because I can't, well, for, listen, I can run up to Mikey and do this all I wanted all day long. You ain't going to give a fuck. You've seen her a million times. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I can run up to Dan and go, look yeah, at Yeah, just like, get off me. Yeah, get the fuck away from me, dude. <laughs> you know, he's playing his guitar, looking at me going, oh, I can't stand this fool. You know, but. It's the crowd that makes the magic. I, I, I am very thankful to, to the crowd that comes to see Skindred. Very thankful. Mm, I always think that your your outfits and things are are part of that as well. That, well you know, mean, it's almost like putting on like some kind of war costume. Like, right, I'm good to go. Let's get out. Well, you know, I'll be honest with you. The way the way I look at changing clothes and the clothes I've worn on stage, I don't know about you, but I love being in the school play. Okay. You know? I loved being in a school play. And do you know the best part of the school play for me was the dress rehearsal? So when I had the option to be in a band, I wasn't going to go on in no fucking T-shirt from Asda you know, <laughs> or, or a pair of jeans. You know, I wasn't going to do that. I wanted to be larger than life. I wanted to, I looked at like Elvis Presley when he, when he was the fat Elvis with the horrible clothes. And I looked at like Michael Jackson in the Thriller video. And I looked at the Pope, the way he walked in a room and everyone just looked at him and he had his hat and his clothes on. And I always wanted to do that. I wanted to be that guy that when they walked in the room, they were larger in life. I was an X-Man, you know, I wanted to be the X-Man when I walked in the room, you know, and that's, I think that's part of the showmanship. When I see Freddie Mercury, you never see Freddie, when even Freddie in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt still look cool as fuck. Like, there's the way the t-shirt and the jeans he wore, you know, and I've always thought ever from a young age, I want to be in the league of being a front man, not just the singer in a band. 
Mm. No, it makes total sense that you would, and it harks back to what we were saying earlier about a, a stage show. That in itself is a stage show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like I get told off by my band members for changing my costumes all the time. <laughs> like, what do you think you are, a fucking Shirley Bassey? <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, I do a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, whatever, whatever your thing is. But for me, it's definitely something that, you know, I, fans or otherwise. If you're a fan, you look forward to it. And if you're not, and you possibly could be, if you're at a festival like we're speaking about, you're just like, who's this geezer? What is he up to? Well, I and like it kind of draws you in a wee bit, I, and then it I might think, actually. For me personally, I prefer to play in front of the unconverted than the converted. Playing in front of the converted, you could fucking do anything you want, and they're like, ah. but you really got to turn the magic on when you play in front of people who never hear to you. And we've and we did that for years and years, and it comes to the stage where I felt like every time I was playing, I had to really give bring my A game because I wanted to turn these people on to me, you know. And that's why I think even to this day, people come to Skindred shows. We've seen Skindred shows eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty times, and they go, "This is as powerful as the first time," mm. because I'm not. Happy just to relax on my laurels and say, "Oh, I've, I've done what I'm doing." I said, "I want to. I want. I want people to say every time they come to see us, this, that was better than the last time." And I'm talking people have seen this 50 times. That was better than the last time because that's the way I think a band should be. I mean, sitting at home has t- taught me something really good, and that's to appreciate rock and roll, appreciate more. So you know what I mean. So I know when when this thing is calms down and we learn learn a way learn a way to live with it. Some of the shows that I'm going to put on. Inside my heart, I'm not talking about lights and action and all that, but as me as a human being, there's going to be some of the realest shows I ever put on in my life. I don't even know if realist is a word, but it is tonight. <laughs> I think it is. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> but you must be chomping at the bit to get going, uh, surely, I'm guessing so. I am definitely chomping at the bit to get, but I want to do it right. I mean, we've had options to do um, play, play shows on here, play shows on the internet. I'm not interested in that. I think for me personally, as a singer, as a front man, having the connection with the human crowd is 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 where it's at. And I don't think, even though we could do this and get a lot, loads of cameras and all that stuff, but I want, I want I want to be at the stage where we're playing in front of people again, you know. And I think that's that's where the magic is for Skindred, being having that human contact. Yeah. Have you watched any of those shows, like the ones that was it? Um, Gallows or a couple I, other bands have done I, ones. I think the Gallows one was really good, but in all honesty. I'm just old. I watched I watched um old, old Grey Whistle Test. <laughs> <laughs> All the cool bands are on the old Grey Whistle Test as far as I could send, dude. You know. I know I am I haven't really bothered. I just I just know what I just I got there's no I, for me the, watching bands like you know, uh in concert or stuff like that on the internet, it's not really I, I mean I, I prefer to find the exclusive stuff that they've done more than just a mm-hmm. concert, you know, look for something which they never did before that i think that's that's where the magic is for me more than just watching like watching i don't even know what they call it an internet show or something like that yeah i've watched the, i've tried well i've tried i've say i've watched them i've tried to watch a couple of them and just i'm kind of like yourself i just tune out after a while and it begin it, it pretty much becomes like the radio in a way you just push the ipad to the side or whatever and you get, get yeah. you get on with something else instead and it's kind of it's not meant it's not the I mean, point of what's supposed to be happening for, but if i paid 50 quid or 10 quid for the ticket i think i want to watch the whole thing but there's not many artists that could keep me there hmm. you know i think um i get my, my attention span is quite short you know so you know 
So you'll be, um, I mean, just what I was saying there, you'll be chomping, uh, chomping at the bit to get going. You've got your tour coming up in September, October. Yeah, so hopefully everybody will have their jabs in, because I don't want to be like going on stage in a plastic bag, you know what I mean? I, <laughs> I don't want it to be like that. I, I want it to be I want it to be like it was, you know I mean? I'm, I might not be able to get it like it was, but at least, you know, I, I want to be able to reach out and touch, you know, and, not mm. like, oh, get away from me, get away from me. That's not, that's not a performance. You no. Know, stay in the not. stay in the plastic bag at the back and not meet the fans. <laughs> or you know, I mean, I like, I like, you know, I personally, I'll go to the local fish shop and buy chips, bro, just to meet the people. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I'll take, I'll take a lot of selfies. I'll do all that crap. But I think if you hide yourself away from human beings, then you lose the human touch. Mm. You know, and, and lyrically, every song I've ever written has been about life. Has been about. Um, you know, us, us as human beings, you know, the way we treat each other and stuff like that. How could you write about the stuff that I've been writing about for the last 20 years and be and be locked away? You know, you can't do that. I mean, all the songs I've written in the past have been about life and being in a bubble can't keep, can't, you can't write about life. No, definitely not. And I'm re- depending on what, what's happening with family life because... My my daughter's up visiting my mum just now. I'm going going to pick up her tomorrow, but the wife's also pregnant with our second. Mm-hmm. It's due in April, so I'm hoping by you know between jabs getting done and all the rest of it, and actually getting actual five minutes to myself. You'll know yeah. with all, with them um, having kids and stuff that I'm hoping to get down to the Glasgow show to come and see you guys. Fingers yeah, that'd crossed. Be good, that'd be good. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely, because that, that's. I, I lived in Glasgow for a while, and I, it's it's one of those things that really annoys me um, when I don't see it so much now, but when forums and internet forums, kind of like Reddit used to be a thing 10, 15, 20 years ago, and you'd see guys going, oh, man, oh, they're playing Manchester and they're not coming to Leeds. I'm like, it's an hour away. Any, show, any decent show... Now, you guys have been up here before yeah, and other bands have, but generally speaking, people go as far as Glasgow or Edinburgh, and I've got to travel what? two and a half hours there and back. I've I've been in the States, and people have traveled three days in a van to watch us. Mm. You know, and I think people in England are spoiled. Oh, yeah. man, you're playing Bradford and not fucking Sheffield. <laughs> I know. Come on, dude. I hear that so much, you know. It's like, come on. I mean, you know what? I, I see the future. It's called the day trip. You know, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> Get on the train, man. Go live a little. Don't just keep going to the same fucking club you've been going to for twenty years. Get no, out, exactly. man. Yeah. No, because I, I remember maybe ten years or so ago, friends of mine were in a band, and I was um, helping them because I used to promote shows up here. So I was helping them speak to the promoters. I, um, you know, the agents and things I spoke to and things like that. And we were at a show. They were supporting Senses Fail and. Um, they were going from Glasgow to Portsmouth, I think it was. And he was like, yeah, that's a normal drive. Like eight hours is minimum drive for us overnight going between cities and towns to oh. go play shows. And was that, you know, anyone else, as you're just saying, the moan about the gig being oh, half yeah. an hour along the road. I mean, I remember, I remember going from Newport to Glasgow, playing a show the same night and coming home, you know? Mm. I mean, I'm talking about someone calling you up and saying, hey, man, do you want to support Sensor in, 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 in King Tut's? Yeah, when is it? Tonight. you got to go now. So we all have a whip round with our own little gyro, get money to, yeah. get to, hire, to hire a van, not even a van with seats, just a van. Like we, we can put the gear in, all put blankets and, and pillows and just sit in, <laughs> sit in there, go Glasgow, play the show. 
you know, one of us would be a designated driver, so they drink, they they'd go to the van and miss the miss the gig just to go to sleep so they can drive back home, you know. Mm-hmm. And that that's the way it was, man. That's the way it was. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's funny that it's I've, the whole Brexit thing might put a complete stop to wow. this. But, wow, wow, wow. I mean, From what I've been hearing, it's like that's gonna. But the only people who's being hurt is is not the government; it's the people because they're the people. The people over there won the shows. But you, yeah. if you pay four hundred quid for three days, it's not many bands that be able to do that. You know, four hundred no. quid yourself for three days. I mean, it should be. I don't know what it should be. I remember before all this, but if you voted out, then you can't moan about it. You know. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Because I personally, I'm a man of unity. I want unity. I don't want. I don't want no out. I want in. You know. Mm-hmm. I think out is not good, man. Out is just so, show selfishness, and I think we need to be together in this time more than ever. Not, Definitely, no, yeah. Not no separation, man. It should be coming together because there's enough food for everybody to eat, but some people just want more than others, man. Yeah, I think so, and I think during this whole time, bands like Skindred and um, whoever else that people listen to podcasts like mine or others that people listen, to, I think it's been. Certainly for me, making these, it's taken up some of my time when when I've had so much to to give lately because I've been yeah. on. This is the second time I've been on furlough, and you know, yeah. thanks for thanks for making music and being in oh, being part of Skindred. Bed I appreciate you saying that, man. Honestly, I think I, it's got a, a lot of people through a lot of shit times over well, the I past mean, eleven that, twelve months. That's what I felt because you know, like I said about, I'm I'm taking from from people and I'm using that energy for the positive. You know, to, like I said, I, I want to be constructive. And productive in this time so that when when this bullshit's over i can give a lot more you know and it's, it's just been a great time as in like creatively you know mm, yeah no I, I fingers crossed it has been it translates when you get a chance to properly record it and stuff because i yeah. think it'll be yeah. awesome to hear what's come out between you yourselves and loads of other bands uh, in this time and uh it's given you I'm guessing a lot more time because generally no, you're going town to town, I, town or city, city and... Well, I, I said in this time, what, what I've found in this time is this. I had my whole life to, to write my um, first album, but then six months every time to write my second and third and fourth and sixth. Mm-hmm. Now, I've had, now I've had some time to write and other people have had that time to write. So, you know, there's no rush and there's no record company breathing down your neck. So I, th- it's, I feel like this is a second wind, you know, to write... How you feel, especially you ain't you ain't stuck for lyrics at this time, you know. No. You're not stuck for, for for subject matters to sing about, especially if you sing about social issues, you yeah. know, social struggle, which I do a lot about. You know, I sing a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. You With, know, uh, well, speaking about social issues and and social struggles, your um all the BLM stuff that was going about last um, last summer and continues. It's still going about, but they're just still, not talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's still continuing now, but yeah. it's, unfortunately it seems to have died down a bit and there is, I mean, there was a big hoo-ha at the weekend in the, the Scotland rugby game that some were kneeling, some were standing and and uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, like, it, it is, you can't... Look, look, look at Ian Wright the other day. Ian Wright is a great pundit. Yeah, he's a great football player, and look, someone racially abused him online, and they got a slap on the wrist. And I, yeah, I mean, I think that fucking that hurt me as well because I know, you know, I mean, he said it was an eighteen-year-old boy, and he didn't need a custodial sentence. But where does it stop? You know, where, mm. where, where does it stop? I mean, it's quite sad that, you know, I mean, like, I listen. I'll be honest with you, the Black Lives Matters thing, I don't understand it. I don't understand. 
uh, I don't understand the Labour Party. I don't understand the Conservatives. I, I don't care about that stuff. I keep that stuff far away from me. Because as mm -hmm. far as I'm concerned, anyone who wants to tell, buddies, tell somebody that they're the way and not the way. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, dude? So I, I avoid that. The, I'm the way, man. Come on, follow me. Fuck that. <laughs> Do you know, you know, the reason why you're not the way is because you're saying you're the way. You know? Yeah. And I'm, I avoid that. I don't care what it is, you know? And that's, I think that's the punk rock in me, you know? It's like, you know, I'm not going to buy the uh, T-shirt the because everyone else got it, you know? Uh, yeah, I think I, I've done that a lot. With, I think, I guess many people do it with either, whether it's bands or even, like, I love my wrestling as well and my pro wrestling. And, you know, if someone is now pushed down your throat as the champion, you're like, no, nah, I'm not liking that, dude. No, and that's you know, it. I want like to like who I want to like. I didn't like Amy Winehouse until she was dead. I, I was honestly, because she was, put, as far as I was saying, this kid was being pushed on my throat. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And then the one day I happened to get the back, after she passed away, I happened to get the Black and black Album or whatever it's called, the Black Album. And I was at a party or something and I just, it, it just floored me. I said, who is this? I said, this Amy Winehouse. I was like, no way. And I'm so glad that discovering stuff without it being rammed on my throat is the way forward for me. You know, you know, like I said, it's like the Pats. I mean, I didn't discover them. Like, you know, that was something that was like, wow, the light just came on. Yeah. And that's, that's the way I like to find things. You know, it's like even bike, riding my bike. I, I didn't think like four years ago that I'd be a guy who'd be waking up at 8.30 in the morning, desperately rubbing his hands together to ride his bike, you know? Mm -hmm. it just It just crept upon me, man. You know. yeah, my father-in-law is like that but he's he's in his golf so if it, oh. I mean he's was five minutes well I say five minutes he's not he's about 90 seconds from the first tee of okay. his local course and if he can get up and get a game a game in before <laughs> midday then he yeah. is well chuffed and so yeah health I, I, I mean exercise is good bro I mean I, I like I said I didn't think I was going to be that much into it but exercise is good mentally especially for now you know mm. you know I, I've, I've been so fortunate I've got two two dogs are downstairs and you've got to walk them um, I've got to walk them, and they're not so keen on the snow like it is just now, but generally, or the rain or anything. Snow generally, yeah, lost... we've got about probably about a foot of snow has fallen oh, just today. Fuck, fuck, we got no snow. I'm not a fan of snow, man. No, I used to be a fan until I pissed myself as a kid in the snow, like froze up as well. I pissed myself the snow, and I was far from my house, and oh, like no. fucking the trousers froze everything, and. From oh, that, no. every time I start snowing, I'm like, no, I'm going to piss myself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to freeze. Yeah, man. Yeah. They were, uh, I mean, as I say, they've been so helpful for me because I've been out at midnight, one in the morning, especially during April, May, June sort yeah, of time. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're only supposed to get one hour a day, but nobody's looking, so I'm off out. It's midnight. Yeah, it's yeah, peace and quiet on. and just uh, stick music on or a podcast in my ears yeah. and just went out for an hour. So. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, you've got to. Got to get the house for a minute. This, I think this lockdown being in the cold is worse than the, the hot, the heat. The heat yeah. was, I mean, you could barbecue at the garden, you, you know, you could do that. When it's cold, you the fucking, the, someone opens the letterbox and you're like, shut the fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, You've got a nice setup in your back garden from what I've seen on your Instagram yeah, as well I, um, for the barbecue I, and Mitch, that. I tried to make it look like the backstage of a very important festival. You know, that's that's what I was going for when I was like, because I took notes throughout the years of playing around the world. I took notes of things that I thought were cool. And when when I got my place, I said, well, I'm going to have that festival area there where, you know, where I was hanging out. Like, you know, so mm. I, I made it look like that. I mean, in the winter, I don't even bother going out there. You know, I just shut the door. Yeah. But in the summer, I spent most of my time with the TV out there watching them and everything. It's really good. Fun. Nice. Yeah. And well, 
just a little more on the the social issues, Benji. I was wondering, being a, a black man in rock music, was that something that ever like went against you in any way at all? Not even in the slightest. I felt like, Good. as a kid growing up, I, you know, I never, I just like rock music, man. I, you know, I like reggae music and rock music. Just I'm, I really, I really have, and I always have, and. Unfortunately, the the friends who are, I got friends who just listen to reggae or friends who just listen to rock, and you know it doesn't matter if they you know if they don't like it then they don't affect me. That's their loss. That's the way I've always looked at it, you know. And uh, we've played. I've never felt racism as like you black bastard kind of thing at a show. You know, obviously, I felt sometimes like some people can be weird, but I just looked at look at that like they just. It's just it's their loss because they don't even know what they they you know so I've been fortunate enough in music and as a black guy I think playing music I've been very privileged because I know if I was my friends talk about my black friends talk about going to certain places and being and feeling racism but I don't feel that but I know I'm privileged because I'm giving something I'm you know what I mean I'm doing something where people go oh man you know he's doing this but if I wasn't I'm sure I'd feel the same as them mm. because I've been privileged through music you know traveling the world and stuff and. You know, I mean, it wasn't given to me. I had to work for it, but I never felt that racism as such. You know. Yeah. No, it's good to hear that. Um, that if I did, you've got you know, that. if I did, people say to me all the time, "Really?" And I go, "You know, if I did feel that, I'd be the first. I'd be the advocate for screaming that out." You know. But I never, yeah. never. You know, people maybe don't like me because I'm a cunt, but that's cool. You know. <laughs> But I prefer that than, than for them not to like me for being black, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, definitely. If, but... if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm not a nice guy, it's not because I'm a not a nice black guy, it's just I'm not a nice guy. Yeah, I'm just, a full, just a full yeah. stop at the end of that just, one. Nothing to do with not, skin colour, anything. The, the skin colour, like I said, I'm fortunate enough, fortunate enough in Wales where I grew up in Newport. Um, you had all these different coloured people, hang, different races hanging around because they all had the same attitudes. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, he's black, so he's going to be like that. It was just, it was just the way of being a melting pot of people. And I was fortunate enough to be a vocalist in amongst all that melting pot. You know, and I, and I just, when I got out of there, obviously I'm going to scream about the unity and the love that I'm seeing. Like, not not everybody sees that. No, I remember when I was little, I didn't grow up in Aberdeen. I grew up, I grew up in a town outside Aberdeen. And I remember, like, the only coloured people we got were the guy and his family that owned the Chinese or the Indian or something like that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I think I was about maybe 10, 11, 12 ish, something like that sort of age. It was the first time I'd gone down to London and you came out off the plane, you go through it, I'm sure it was Heathrow, I'd come into, and you're going down an escalator and there's just, you know, black people everywhere. And it was like, what is this exactly? <laughs> like, you didn't know any better as a kid. No, and all you, you grew up with better. was like, you know, I was, for, like I said, I was fortunate enough to actually grow up in a neighborhood which was so multicultural and mixed like, you know, and it wasn't about your color of your skin, it was about your attitude or, or the way you were, like, you know, you carried yourself mm. either a nice guy or, or not, like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why uh, we we lived up the road again for a little while, myself and the wife, but we moved back through to Aberdeen again and um, little one goes to nursery and stuff and I'm really thankful and glad that in you know, in the community and in her nursery and stuff, she will have black friends or Indian yeah, friends or Chinese yeah. or whatever because she'll get thrown into the mix where I never got that when That's I was right. little. You know, as I say, the only kind of sort of coloured people you got was the Chinese family. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, they owned the local Chinese and that was it. You got off like, that plane, that's when things change. Like, you're like, wow, look at all these guys. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, 
But swinging it back to to Patriots chat just before we finish off, mm. um, since we it's a Patriots podcast that I do. Is, <laughs> um, we were speaking about it before, but the what are you? Is there anything? Have you got any expectation for next season already, or is it just? Well, you know, in my in, in my little fantasy football thing, Bill Banachek goes down on an airplane to Tampa, Florida, and he begs pray, Brady to come back. Begs <laughs> Gronk, and he says, "Sorry, I'll pay you what, what you want." Next season, they go back and they play for the Pats, and we win a Super Bowl as the Pats and pay Brady and Gronk. But that's not going to happen. I just hope that that. The, the team can pull itself together through this next season. It's not even a matter of words before. I was a dead cert. Like last season and beginning of last season, I really thought that uh, I thought that camp was going to bring it. You know, I th- really thought that, you know, I thought it was going to be the, the ultimate game would have been Brady and and, and uh, the Patriots would have been be- beating Tampa Bay. But, you know, I mean, it's, it's a game where you've got to just pray that the, the, the team gels at some point because, you know, Brady pulled that team together as far as I'm concerned because the, the Tampa Bay, the Buccaneers was not the same team they were last season when until Brady got there. And that's mm. got to show, that's got to show that, you know, I mean, the, I don't know the real reason, but I let you that they offered him an amount of money. He's like, nah, man, I'm not taking it. You, you fucking, I'm, I'm not going out the grades. I'm still a great player. This is what I hear, you know, but I mm. just, for a fact that, you know, the next season, the Pats can have a better season. They can gel a bit. That's, they can gel a bit more. I think know. they will. I think that from the people I've I've spoken to thus far, and I'll be speaking to more over the off season, the the beat writers and things like that. I think it all seems to be the consensus that the seven and nine that we had this year is probably the low point. I mean, that's amazing compared to if you're a Jets fan or a Bengals yeah, fan yeah, yeah, or whoever yeah. that yeah and Pia, a lot of uh, a lot of people and fans in general are writing them off and thinking this 79 you know it, it'll continue for a few years yet but it's nah, quite I, you know I mean look you know Liverpool I, I mean I'm, I'm not a good soccer, big soccer fan but you've got Liverpool and Man United doing this all the time you know it's an up and down game man you know, and you're gonna take the seat. It's no use me. Like I bought a fifty quid Patriots scab. You think I'm fucking throwing that away? You crazy? <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm gonna stick with them until they rise again. Like, cause they will. Yeah. You believe that? It might not be this season. It might not be the season after that. But they will get their day again. They will get their Definitely. day. Again. You know, I mean, Belichick. He, he knows what he's doing. He can pull a team together. You know, and I think, you know, I don't know if they're gonna drop Campbell. Or they're gonna keep him. But you know, we'll just have to wait and see, man. Would you? personally want him back or after what I've seen this year I think the defense was fucking rubbish though you, you know I mean he wasn't getting much protection you know a lot of the time when he did score it was always great look at that one when he did that flip that was absolutely fantastic man you know I mean he jumped over the you know come on some when he did when it was happening it was happening but when it wasn't it really wasn't yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> just, yeah man Last thing was just where where can people find you on the internet? And thank you very much for taking the time out this evening to, to speak to me as well. About you. Thank you. Instagram, I've got my Instagram and I got my band. I think skindred.music, you can follow us on there, or Master Dread, you can follow us on there. You know, that we're doing our thing, we're being creative, and we're going to be back on the road as soon as the road is being back on, you know. Perfect. Well, fingers crossed we get the, the injection, the vaccines done, and all the rest of it. And I'll, I'll hopefully catch up with you in October in, in Glasgow. Yep. Stay in touch on that, on that Instagram thing, man, and we'll speak again soon. Thank you, brother. Cheers. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was Benji Webb from Skindred. 
as you heard Benji there, you can catch him on Instagram, check out Skinjoid Music, check out Dub War and all the other bands that he's been in over the years. Look up Wikipedia and things, you'll find information there and check him out on Spotify or, as he says, go and buy an actual record or an album or whatever and check out the artwork and thing because this all goes towards the craft of being a musician and what the albums that they write at the end of the day. It's far too easy, as we were saying, just to push play on Spotify or whatever. But if that is your only means, go and check him out on there. Um, enjoy Benji, his music, uh, Skin Dread and all the rest of it. And some brilliant stories we've heard there and hopefully we'll get him back on again in the future. But that is it for this episode of Pat's Chat. It has been myself, Matt Inkster, at Matt Inkster on Twitter. Jake will be back soon enough, I promise you that. He is just super, super busy at work and we're just man not managing to gel schedules at the moment. But in the meantime, you get some great guests that keep myself and you company as you listen along to each episode as it comes. But if you do want to catch Jake, you can catch him on Twitter at Jake Paul Design. He's from there. You'll find his YouTube channel and things. If you're a designer, graphic designer, all the better. Go hit him up um, on LinkedIn or YouTube or Instagram and Twitter and that and you'll find Dolly's work and stuff as well. Go and chat to him about NFL or F1 or any other sport, football and and the like as well. As I say, I am at Matt Inkster on Twitter. You'll find me on Instagram as well. But for the podcast itself, you can find us at Pat's Chat UK for Instagram and Twitter. Mainly Twitter is where you'll find myself. I'm the one that pretty much runs the account on Twitter. You'll find me on there and chat away whenever you want to we've set up a, a new fancy league in the the mix there is possibly a couple of spaces left i'm not sure but i think everyone who's expressed an interest already has already um, been put into the league but if not give us a shout and we'll see what we can do if we get enough players we might have to run two leagues over the time but we'll see but just keeping it to one for now but i think all, i think all all the spaces have gone but if you fancy it give us a shout and i'll see what i can do um, but apart from that, that is pretty much it for for now. Um, we'll be back next week. Hopefully Jake will be here, but if not, I'll get another very, very special guest lined up for you to listen to and um, get all the interesting stories from them as well. But until then, we'll speak to you soon.